how would your resume look if you were looking to talk about what you do? And oftentimes, this is the biggest complication, is that it's too complicated. Welcome to Whose Or Is This? with Anthony Waite, a show designed to help leaders and high achievers increase their influence and impact by becoming intentional with how they show up in the world. If the wind does not favor, take to the oars. Here is your host, Anthony Waite. You know, how do you know your value and how you're able to articulate it? You know, that, that's a, that'd be a big one. That, that's very simple. It's very simple because as a resident writer and, and also someone who has um, <laughs> had the experience of working with the, the transition assistance program, the TAPS program, uh, coming out of the Navy, like I understood that there was a huge flaw. There was a huge opening. I'm not saying that the program itself is, is terrible, but I think depending on who you get, the resources available may be limited. So, I mean, think about an individual trying to represent themselves. They're going to the promotion board and they're trying to figure out how do I talk about what I do? How do I speak about it with confidence? And how, how does it resonate with the person in front of me that I do not work with every single day, this, this, this person in, in, in control. But if you think, if you take a step back, how would it be written? How would your resume look if you were looking to talk about what you do? And oftentimes this is the biggest complication is that it's too complicated. You know, what a person does in the military and no matter what branch you're in, if you do not have a person who translates that into civilian, it just looks too complicated. Uh, like many people with all the courses that you take, all the education, all the continuing ed, how, how do you even list that? How does it sound? Your job itself, your rank, your rank, what do you do? If it's not translated well, it, it automatically, is, it, it feels complicated, it looks complicated. So therefore coming out of you, how do I talk about it? Because it looks like a lot going on, especially when it's in technical jargon. So the short answer to that <laughs> is simply talking about it, talking about it with someone that is not only in the military, but also talking to someone who is not in the military. You can hire a coach or just speak to someone who does what that civilian counterpart job is, because I think oftentimes speaking about it in layman's terms, that's what presents it to you know, how can I easily talk about what I do when there's so many moving parts? And especially when you work as a team, you know, a lot of times in the military, how do you talk about what you do in your part? But I think that's probably the biggest thing you could ever do is find what the civilian equivalent of that job would be and learn how to talk about that job easier than you talk about your own, because that's going to be uh, one of the easiest transitions. So it's almost like uh, people come out of the military. Um, it's almost like a double-edged sword. One, they're in the military and they're, they are limited by a rank or a title or a position. So they feel like they're not good enough. But yet when they go to a civilian counterpart and they throw it up everywhere, it's like, man, you're overqualified. <laughs> right. But, but when it's translated, when, when the guy actually realized, like, what did I do all day? <laughs> what, what did I actually do all day? And it's like, I can do this job. I know I can do this job. But talking about it to that, to that civilian recruiter or HR manager, they're just gonna be like, I don't know if this translates well. I, I don't know if what you do, you know, fits here. 
But learning to speak that language makes it super easy instead of feeling like you're overcomplicate or overqualified when you know that you can do the job that they ask you to do. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you did have the value, if you can't articulate it and match it, then it's almost like useless. Um, and I would say too, that it's almost like you're speaking a different language. <laughs> it is. I mean, you think about, um, you think about large corporations. This is just an example, but I feel like this is just the easiest way to explain it. Large corporations, when they're speaking to their investors, it's a different language. When they're speaking to their uh, customers, it's a different language. When they're speaking to their employees, that's a different language. To their vendors, that's a different language. So how a person is talking, uh, or more so how a person represents themselves depending on who they're speaking to, that matters the most. So yeah, you can talk all day like you're talking to someone that you work with. Yeah, they get that tar that technical jargon. They get the mil they get the acronyms, the the one million acronyms that's, that's in every branch of the military. They get those acronyms. But speaking to someone who does not know any of that, or respectfully, they don't care so much about, um, I guess, the outside of that, but more so, how does it relate to them? How can that person connect with that, especially if they are um, in, in a different opportunity or in a different promotion or in a different industry, especially if you're trying to look transition into either out of the military or even into a, a higher ranking where your responsibility may be deeper and you may not know how it translates. That's probably the easiest thing to do is, again, look to see <laughs> what does the civilian counterpart of that do and get used to talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Travis, let me ask you this. Um, in your experience, you know, working with people who are going to, you know, get that, get that job that's going to try to make more money or get paid what they're worth, what are some of the, the downfalls or some things that you see people do, let's say, wrong, per se? Mm. Anthony, that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question because I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity for error. Uh, when looking for a promotion. <clears throat> and I think one of the biggest things a person can do is over brag about what they do or what they can do without acknowledging that they did it with other other companies or other 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 teammates. Um, or even if there were certain strengths. One of the one of the most simplest questions that, that's in every interview is tell me about yourself. And again, that person that you're talking to, they're asking you that question based on who they are. Speak to them as it relates to them, not your cousin, not your your previous coworker. So that simply means don't go bad mouthing your your previous employer because they're going to look at that as Oh, is that how you talk to people that you work with? Do you not take any accountability for anything that you did in any type of situation? You know, you have to, you have to take those two things very carefully and they both are solved with the same issue. Think about who you're talking to and don't talk about it. Like you're the only person in the entire department on the entire team, but also speak respectfully in a way that makes them feel that you're going to be their coworker and you're going to talk about that new company or that new team with the same level of praise and appreciation. Yeah. So it's almost like don't burn your bridges, right? 
Definitely not. Yeah, because I mean, some people, most people, you know, they'll get out of the military and they want to leave it behind. And they're like, man, you know, I want to forget that chapter of my life. I want to move on. And that's interesting because most people, I, I see what you're saying now. They'll go in there and they'll ask, you know, tell me about yourself or, you know, about your last organization. Well, they didn't help me do this, right? They didn't do that. And they talk about all the things that are wrong. And as a company, I'm like, well, if you talk about that person like that, what are you going to say about me? <laughs> Whatever you do. About your exactly. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, think about, think about the, the, the last first date that you went on to, right? And, you know, she asked, you know, the person asked, um, so what happened to your last relationship? It was, it wasn't in my fault. It was all her. <laughs> it was, she did this, she did this, and that. And it's like, wow, you know, uh, that person who's listening is automatically going to think to themselves like, okay, this guy, I know he's a good guy, but you know, it, there's a large gap that's not filled in. <laughs> what did he do? He must be really crazy. I don't want that on my team. I don't want to see this person every day. I may, I may end up somewhere that I do not want to be. So I always look at it like that. If you're a lot of interviews, they relate to relationships in that way. And thinking about how it sounds to that person, or you think about how it sounds when it's being spoken to you, you're going to word it differently because you don't, you just don't, <laughs> you know, want to give off that wrong impression. Like, you're not the other half of that relationship or you're not a part of that team because other than that you're a solopreneur you own that business yeah so so it's almost like you know you got to accept responsibility for your roles that you played in that organization 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. um and then the other thing that you said too um you know don't make it seem as if you're the only one responsible or you're the only person on that team. How important is it discussing teamwork when you go to these interviews looking for that next, um, that next opportunity? You know, that's, that's a good question too, Anthony. Um, right now, and it's, it's very important, just off top, super important. And the reason why I would say this is because right now, right now in the news, diversity and inclusion are hot topics right and you know what does that mean other than skin and religion and sex um and, and other and other points of view based on a person's um previous life or their life and ultimately what that means in the workplace is how do you get along with people of different backgrounds different cultures different understanding so if you were this big-headed guy or, 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 or woman, you know, going into an interview and saying, you know, I made, I made a thousand calls, a you know, a, a month. I sold <laughs> a, a, a quarter or a quarter million, you know, dollars a, a, a week, you know, worth of product, or I drove, if, if you're in logistics, I, uh, I carefully drove and coordinated the travel between destinations of over, a hundred thousand pounds of fill in the blank, whatever, whatever that it translates to any in industry, no matter what job it is. Okay. Yes. That sounds good on your resume because that, that one sheet of paper is all about you. This is your 15 second commercial. This is your, your moment of fame. But in the interview, they want to know how do you relate and how do you connect with different people that is, that are not you? Because if you're working on the team, more than likely you're going to work with other people that relate to what you, whatever your process is that you're joining uh, in it. Because if there's no process, then it's not a, 
I don't really think there's a business. That, that just means you are a solopreneur you know, applying to be a 1099 contractor with a very small business. But if you are applying for a job, that means that there's multiple moving parts. How do you work with these moving parts? How do you, how do you deal with other people's processes, other people's speeds, other people's reasoning, other people's backgrounds? Um, I was speaking to a guy 19 years in pharmaceutical uh, logistics, trying to train someone who worked at a grocery store. How do you talk to someone who just came out of high school that's now doing your job? How do you connect with other people? Yeah, and that's really interesting. You know, the um, the generational difference, right? Have you have you seen a really big, you know, with the, with the new generation coming into the workforce, you know, have you seen really um, a lot of hesitation or a lot of um, incompatibilities when it comes to that? Sometimes, sometimes. Um, simply because what used to work before, you know, you can go into a job for, 10 years, 15 years, and that was the dream. And because of that, uh, I think a lot of people would have looked at that as an opportunity to really grow roots with the company. But now if you're interviewing someone who doesn't care about that, you know, the longest they ever been on a job was six months to two years. Um, how do you appeal to that person that you're interviewing? Um, I think a lot of people forget that job interviewers are salespeople too. They have numbers. They, got, they have a certain amount of people that they have to pitch their company to, but it's up to you being the other person in the conversation to negotiate if this is a good fit for you. That's the reason why they start off telling you about the company and what do you know about the company. So I would just try to think about it just like that. Um, <laughs> cause if you don't, you're really going to set yourself up for, for failure every single time. Yeah. So, so, are, are, so based on your, your, your clientele that you coach, right. And, um, the people that you help are, are organizations, are they looking for people that play the long game or are they just looking for somebody that's best for the job right now? You know, it depends on the industry and it depends on the culture of the company. Um, uh. The culture is oftentimes set by the head, by the, the executives, the directors, the CEO, the presidents, like it's, it's set, it's set by them and it should translate well to the remaining structure of that business. And if it's a startup, for example, if it's a startup business ran by a, a, a boomer, uh, someone who is what, 51 and up ish, 56 yep. and up, then now those you would think those two things are conflating a startup ran by right. boomer but they're also right they're but they're still going to take on the, the spirit and culture of the startup no matter what they're going it's going to be fast paced they want one person to do 10 jobs because they want they they have a little bit to stretch so they want somebody who's flexible and half the time what that means is that that person may not be the person for the long game they may be a year kind of person. Get all you can out of that person while they're there, build them up, 
but most importantly, build your own company. That, that's how the employer is looking. Yeah. But on the other end of that, if you are someone who is uh, older and you're looking to work for a company that is, again, the culture is quick pace, fast pace, but you're used to, you, know, you want to be somewhere for 10 years. You, you want to finish out the rest of your career at this one company. Because now, and especially because of technology, there's a lot of different components that are changing in most companies per, really per six months, per three to six months. And because of those different changes, whatever those different changes are that reflects on the employee or the upcoming candidate, that candidate sometimes may not cut the, the evolution of the job title or the job responsibility itself. There was a, there was an older person I was working with. And again, that could be counted as discrimination, but this person simply didn't get the job because she was older and she don't do this ever. Make sure y'all write this down. Do not, do not put your flaws out on the table as your strengths. Do not put your flaws out on the table as your strengths. This person simply said that I have 30 years of direct selling. Oh, tell me about your experience with Salesforce. I have no experience with Salesforce. I do not know how to use the CRM at all. But if you were to teach me, I'll be willing to learn. Uh, yeah, I would just need someone to really stay with me and, and work with me. Now, that's truthful. But the, again, translation, talking to the person that you're, how, did, how are they receiving that? So you mean to tell me I got to pay for double labor to teach you how to use this system that's supposed to make things easy, but you're the one making this complicated. I would rather find someone that has half the experience that already knows how to use CRM. So I can spend maybe an hour with them versus 30 days with them and lose production of my business. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that was a question I was going to ask you. So when somebody's interviewing, right. And you're coaching them up, we're getting ready to land that job. Do you, do they lead with their strengths or their weaknesses? And I mean, aside from the Salesforce and this, um, this example you gave, which, you know, is about 30 years experience, but I need help with this. And that can be looked at as I now got to pay double. So what would you tell that one person? You know, Hey, uh, if you were coaching somebody, how would you help them kind of separate what you're good at and what you need work at and then what to focus on and what to stay away from? hundred percent. Uh, just like that. What are you good at? What are you great at? And what are you, what are you challenged in, right? Your challenges, leave them out of the conversation. Just leave them out if you can. And I think the best way you can ever position, position yourself as the champion or the better choice in this role is to only apply to jobs that you're good and great at. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, well, I can't touch the ones that I'm challenged in, but if you're looking to excel, be chosen, and the essential uh, skill set or responsibilities are the things that you're challenged in, I mean, would you choose a plumber that doesn't have his own tools? Would you choose, you know, like, yeah. would you choose that the guy on the basketball court that, you know, he's, he's about to bust out of his basketball shoes? Like, he's wearing flip-flops. Like, no, like, I, I would rather choose the best person for the job. So definitely lead in with your strengths, great and good. And how you talk about those, real simple. Um, if somebody asks you, you know, what are, what are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, my strengths are, 
lead in with the top three that you know that they care about the most. What are my weaknesses? Only position yourself, write this down. What are, what are your weaknesses? Only position yourself as a person who is on pursuit of making that good thing great. So here's an example. Um, you know, somebody was asking me, you know, Travis, what are your weaknesses? Well, I've always wanted to learn more about leadership. I've had, you know, a lot of opportunities for those types of promotions. I even turned down some of those promotions, but I felt that it was important enough for me to go and get an additional certification in leadership. If there was a way for me to connect with someone who is great like you in leading, I believe that I would have the experience necessary to take that step forward when the right time is near. What weakness did you hear? Yeah, no, that's no brainer. Cause as a person, I would be like, okay, cool. I got somebody I can hook you up with and they can get you that. They could be the catalyst for that next level for you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and I think in confidence, I think it feels weird to, to sell yourself. Right. Like if you were an introvert and you don't know how to sell and a lot of people don't know how to sell. I, 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 so I want to take that back. It, selling is not a skill set that is owned by extroverts, not at all. That, that theory just, just goes out the door. But if you are an introvert, I think that trying to read the person in front of you and communicate with the person in front of you and connect with that person in front of you and speak their language instantaneously, that may be a challenge. But it can be done easily simply by knowing yourself well enough. Record yourself in, 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 in a mirror or talk to someone get used to talking about your strengths in a way that you know that someone would want to hear them. Not in a braggy way, but in a collaborative way. Uh, I heard someone say, you know, leadership is how, how do you complete me, not how do you compete with me. So in, in that way, how does the collaborative conversation happen? So I, I think that's probably, if I could leave anything when it comes to that, response i would definitely leave that as a strong tip yeah i like that um and that leads me into my next question so people that are coming out let's say you know i'm getting ready to retire from the military for example and i'm coming out of a 20-year you know uh, journey with one organization and you know i've i've got all the education and i've been keeping up on my certifications you know, or let's say that I didn't get my education, right? And I'm coming out of an organization, I'm looking to transfer, I'm looking to pivot. And, you know, I, I know that I should probably go to school and get that degree, or maybe I have a bachelor's degree and, you know, I'm pursuing a master's, but before I get out, I won't have it in time. What would you say to mm -hmm. that person who says, you know, I don't have the education? Would, would a certificate or some kind of credential other than a four-year degree, would that help place them in a better or higher position than, uh, than, you know, trying to finish their degree before they, they apply for this position? You know, um, honestly, yes. And, and it, it does depend on the job. I will say that it depends on the job that you're pivoting into and transitioning into, because if it's, if it's based on current knowledge, then who, you know, may be the stronger skill set that you want to flex here. Um, if it's based on um, principle, foundation, and being able to make decisions with and without certain people based on a long-standing knowledge, like finance, for example, 
um, then yeah, getting a certificate uh, may help. It may it may help you stand out where the other 20 people that just got out at the same time uh, may be also saying the same thing that you're saying, but how do you stand out against the other people that just came out of the military and I knew out of their branch? Uh, and they, in all of you have a lot of the same experience. Came right out of high school. You know, most of your education was there, you know, in, in the service itself. So some of those things may not translate, may not know how to talk about them. It may look too complicated or it, you, it may be positioned where it's technical and you may come out looking like an executive because you had someone, you know, write your resume in a really strong way. But yeah, I think ultimately if you just look to see the job posting, look to see the job posting of the position that you're applying for and look to see like, you know, what's important, what are the requirements. And if there's a next level of what that could be, then I would definitely flex that. Um, and there's probably the shortcut to it, honestly. Uh, there's so many ways to flex your networking more than a certificate. But sometimes that person that you're talking to that's representing the company at that time may say that, you know, they, they like you, but you may need to go get an additional uh, credential. Got you. And so I think that this is uh, really, yeah. really interesting. Um, you know, this is the power of working with somebody like you who's been there. They know it. They can help you see things that you can't see. You know, the power of having a coach, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's important. You know, I, I have mentors, you know, and I have people who lead me. I have coaches. Uh, I, I never go into a situation where I'm just not confident. I, I need to know as much as I can before I go into it, just so I can make sure that whoever I'm partnering with, whoever I'm connecting with, or whoever I'm helping, I can be the best version of myself. Right. If you're going to get top dollar, you get, you got to make sure that you have top knowledge, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, who, who would intentionally, you know, leave, you know, an extra 20 grand or a 30 grand off the table. Uh, one, of, one of the things that people will come to me oftentimes about is Travis, uh, you know, how can I not, I've been doing my job for, for eight years and I've been in, in this company for 10 years. Uh, they, they say that I can't, you know, I don't qualify for a raise I, you know, other than the traditional uh, every year um, cost of living raise. But I'll say, well, you know, look at that next step. If you really want to raise, if you really want to be successful, and like you said, if you want top dollar and you want to represent yourself in a, in a, in a great way, I would definitely hire a coach uh, to help you rebrand your history. A resume is a second chance if it's, if it's done right. A resume should never when you read a resume, when you read your resume, it should not look like the job posting. It should not read a simple, you know, I'm looking for someone who can do this. I did this. No. How did you make an impact? How did you stand out? If, if just like I was saying to you earlier about, you know, about retirement, if you and 20 others of your teammates were all coming out at the same time or being laid off at the same time or looking for, for that promotion at the same time, what did you do? How did you stand out? And because they're going to look at the other five, 10 people who copied and paste the job post off the resume. And that's the reason why they don't qualify. And the person who took the, the initiative to really rebrand 
their history, they really get that second chance at that next job and the right wording, especially with the right quantitative data and the right placements and, and the right terminology. I've seen it every single time. They are easily to get an additional $10,000, $15,000, $20,000. I've seen people just by words alone on a resume get an additional $30,000 on their next job doing exactly the same job they were just doing before they left the previous company. Just from wordings. Just word. Wow. $30,000 extra a year. I mean, that's crazy. Just for, you know, just, just to be able to shift, you know, how you say things. Um, I love what you said, you know, and I think, you know, I, I, when I, when I, when I mentor people who are going up for their boards, you know, I try to tell them, don't do what everybody else is doing. Don't try to be like everybody else. You need to be more, but be more different than everybody, not be the same because how do you stand out? Right? So what would you, if you were coaching somebody, say you were coaching me and the audience that's listening here, they say, Travis, how do I stand out amongst my peers? What, what kind of things should I be doing to make sure that I'm not following the herd? I'm kind of standing out and going my own, blazing my own trail, if you will. What are some things that people can do to make sure that they are heading that right direction for that extra 30 K instead of getting get put on the chopping block? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Good. Very good question. I, I think studying preparation for those boards, is going to be super important. Knowing possibly, you know, what they're going to ask you so you can learn what to say instead of just reacting like you don't know the, the answer to the question. I just want to say in, uh, in one of my reviews, uh, one of my clients and, and coaching clients, they said, Travis, I felt like I was on a TV show and I, and I had the whole script. I, I knew what they was going to ask me and I knew what to say. I was like, really? I was like, that's the, that's the feeling you want. And, and you say the right thing and, and you know, the, the, the fake audience in the background claps for you on the TV show. You want that. You want to feel like that in your mind. You want to feel that confident that I knew what they were going to say. So study and prepare for your boards as much as possible. Connect with someone who has already gone through that recently, not five years ago, recently, because there's changes, especially in every branch of the military. There's changes uh, depending on who that you know who's in control who's actually doing it uh, another thing that a person can do is definitely review your review your records review your records your your education your uh, your positioning your your badges like any type of awards rewards that you that you've gotten over time make sure that one you're not missing anything because we all know how process can be hurry up and wait Make sure that you have everything that you need ahead of time. So when it comes to positioning yourself to the better opportunity, that you're not the one lacking and you have all of your ducks in a row, you have your, you have your stuff in a row. And, you know, if, if, if anything else, just to help you stand out, I would say just, and we, we kind of touched on already, um, having good conversation skills. It may be a, most boards is going to be multiple people learning how to, um, address multiple people in a way that you're not just talking to them as a solid unit, but as individual people. I'm not saying be a chameleon and adapt to each person, but definitely have an understanding of who they are by expanding your network, learning who is possibly going to interview you, right? And you'll be able to uh, easily adapt by positioning yourself to deal with that room instead of just them as a unit. 
man, you know, there, I didn't realize it, you know, cause you know, I've been in the military for 17 years and still in active duty. You know, we do some of these things, but how important just the, the, the art of communication, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a public speaker, I guess, professional speaker, I get paid for it. So I, I, I went through training on my own yeah. dime and like to learn this kind of stuff, like connection, communication, eye contact, inflection, um, addressing people and, and, and your body language. But man, all this just in a, in a, in a small, you know, like maybe 30 minute to an hour interview, like it's, it's, you gotta be good. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you don't 100%. go in there and wing it. I mean, sheesh. <laughs> and I imagine you, you know, what's the largest crowd you, you've spoken to? Uh, 2000, uh, a little over 2000 people. Did you feel less nervous talking to 2000 or two people? <laughs> Man, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, the number, the sheer size was initially intimidating, but I think in front of two people, because all eyes were on you, even if it was just four of them, you know, but the, you know, they were focused, right? It was just, it was only two people. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and they're, and they're not looking at their phones. If they are, then, you know, it's with two people then you know that, yeah, um, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not catch, capturing their attention. Um, and the reason why I said it is because how you speak to that 10,000, how you speak to that 20,000, I remember, you know, the first time I spoke to my big crowd, I, it had 700 people in the crowd and I was less, just like you, I, for me, I was less nervous talking to the 700 than the two people <laughs> that were right there in front of me. And I realized that because just like an interview, how you are mentally you're, you're branding yourself into the in, in, into their eyes how you're positioning yourself in their eyes if you're speaking the right way majority of the time they don't know that you've messed up if you did mess up at all if you're speaking in a way especially with confidence they do not know i heard someone say that if you argue correctly you're never wrong i think in that same instance <laughs> when it comes to public speaking if you're speaking in such a way that i am making myself seem like every single word that I am saying is important. Even if it's not important, they eat it up. And just that example, you know, I, I, and that was very exaggerated, but um, I think learning how to use certain um, speaking abilities can help you in your one-on-one -on -one interviews, like 100%. You, you said that you own your own dime. You went to go, you know, challenge yourself, improve your public speaking. I would say if you do not get a, a coach, you can start off with YouTube, but YouTube doesn't know you individually. It doesn't know you as a person. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that initial conversation that you have with a coach where they can help you specifically with your symptoms, just like a doctor, uh, they're, they're going to ask you, what are you feeling? And then they're gonna respond to solutions that are designated just for you instead of for everyone else. I think being able to have that kind of feedback from a professional, it can really help you be more competitive um, at the end of the day. And having that sense of confidence, not only will it help you make more money, but it will also help you get that promotion and have, it will help you have more peace. And I think more than anything, it will help you convey the message that you're trying to make uh, to the right people at the right time. So so many different components so many yeah. different components your opening statement 
you know, when you're going into your boards, how do you make that opening statement? How do you announce yourself? How do you connect, you know, with these people, especially in military form and in that, in that respect, knowing what you're going to say in a confident way is going to change everything. Yeah. And I'm just writing this down as you were talking, you know, yeah, I paid for, you know, all that training on my own dime and I, and I, and I, I have coaches now, even today, and I pay a lot of money for them. But what it's done, you know, just in my my career in the military, yeah. you know, it's it's allowed me to sit on on executive director boards as the youngest and most junior person. Um, it's allowed me to get in front of you know admirals and high high officials and speak with confidence. Um, and people and my peers are like, how did you go from like you know you were on our level to now you're way up here and how did you, how did you do it? And the difference was I didn't wait for you know some military training or somebody to tell me what I could do. I went out and got it. I hired people like you who who. Who, who've been there, they've done that, they can see a little further than I can see. They, they know a yeah. little bit more than I know, and then they can take me where I want to go. And I mean, so I, I, I 100% agree. And I can imagine, you know, if somebody was to work with you, you know, the difference it would make. I mean, $30,000 a month. When we talked before this, you shared a kind of a, um, a testimony of somebody who, you know, was, you know, they, they, were, they were getting paid a certain amount and somebody else went with the same exact credentials and they got paid well, it was some insane amount, I think 70,000 or something crazy extra. Could you share that, that story with the audience? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I want to remember the exact one because there's two that I'm thinking about that relate to that. Um, was it the, was it the one that where they went to 70,000 from 50,000? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the largest increase I've ever seen any of my clients make. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't take the responsibility for it because I didn't realize that what I was coaching at the full disclosure. I didn't know that what I was coaching at that moment back then, I've been doing this for 14 years. I didn't realize that the pieces of the puzzle I was giving her to strengthen herself and her presentation was going to help position her to make that leap. So here's the, here's the short journey of what that looked like for, for that client. Uh, they were working in a call center. Uh, they were, you know, making $30,000 a year. And their manager was quite lazy. And I, I think that, you know, if you're watching this, you know, this, this podcast, you're watching this, this episode right now, then you know, you probably relate to that. You probably have had a superior that was a little lazy and you felt like they were just shoving off their work or they, they, they shouldn't get paid the amount they do to do less <laughs> than what you're doing. But this person was definitely one of those people. And just so happened, that manager, the, which reported to the call center manager, so that's three, the three tiers, the employee, the manager, the call center manager, the call center manager just so happened was pouring off their responsibilities on that person that was lazy. And because of that, they were <laughs> responsibilities from the top were making their way all the way down to sounds, sounds like the military <laughs> to that cause and employee. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that is that the, the, the it just familiar? I don't know. I'm just you were talking. I was getting kind of flashback. Like, huh? That <laughs> sounds like something. Like <laughs> so I asked the person. I said, "So, so tell me, what do you do? You know, tell me. You know." She started naming all these different things. I said, "What is your title?" I said, no, 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 no. This is not where you are. How much are they paying you? Normally, I do not ask. This is just a standard. I'm, I'm doing a resume. And I, how much do, are they paying you? 
30,000? I took just one of those things and Googled that as a job, right? And I said, you know, how much is this as a specialist? Like, you know, what is this compliance specialist? I was like, wow, a person who only does this gets paid an additional $15,000 more than you do. A person who does the other thing that you say gets paid an additional $20,000 more than you do. And you're doing all of these things. I said, let's play a game. I'm going to send your resume. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do your resume. I'm going to write down everything you told me. I'm going to send your resume to some of my friends. And I'm going to take your name off, take your number off, and take your titles off. And I want them to fill in the blank with what they believe that you are based on the responsibilities that you've given me, that you told me. Every single one of them. She is a call center manager. She is a call center director. She's a senior team leader. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. These different people say that, these, that this is what you are. I want you to only apply for these positions. Skip this. You've been working there for six years. Skip that middle section, go directly to it. Long story short, uh, the very next position that she, in, so this is January. The very next position that she started uh, she went from making $30,000 to $50,000 as a um, call center manager. But that was just the first move. Two months onto the job, someone else was still looking at her old resume that I did for her that's having her positioned here. Someone called her two months into the job and said, hey, can you interview for this role? Did not tell her what it was. They wanted her to open their first call center in the States. So she went from being a, and, and this is a total of eight months, <laughs> eight months, two positions, two, two, two moves, two different companies, but it's still counted as a raise because in one year, she went from making $30,000 to $50,000 to opening a new call center in the States for a company out of Europe for $70,000, she became a director simply because she was already doing the work and she was able to articulate it like she had been doing. If she wasn't able to tell me what, what she did, she wouldn't have been able to tell right. the interviewer wow. you know, what she did. So I said, so this is what we're gonna do. A little strategy helped her increase an additional $50,000 on her on her paycheck that year so yeah her family was very happy <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they moved out of uh out of texas to uh, georgia actually yeah they were very happy after that that's life-changing i mean you know. <laughs> i mean what would you do if somebody gave you fifty thousand dollars just here here's fifty thousand dollars on top of what, yeah, this on top year. Of what i thought i made yeah oh yeah thank you <laughs> i mean that's like you know thank you. right yeah. And if you don't, and if you don't know your value, you know, it's like having peanut butter with no jelly. So, you, you know, and so you're, you're kind of the jelly for somebody's peanut butter and then together y'all get the bread, you know, you got a sandwich. <laughs> a good sandwich too. A good one too. <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> with, with, with the crust cut off. That's right. <laughs> Presentation is everything. That's right. <laughs> Man, that is, that, I mean, and, you know, and something like that, just, that, that's just the value of, um, you know, of, um, getting around the right people, somebody like yourself, who's so knowledgeable, who, 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 
whose passion is to help people get top dollar, you know, and as I'm writing this down, it's just, you know, there's so many things that we can go talk about because I know people, I know people who are exiting organizations who are, you know, getting ready to transition. I was just talking about pivoting today to, um, to a group um, that I was speaking to and many people will pivot and go yeah. back to what's familiar instead of stepping out and, and getting their value and their worth. And, um, I mean, mm. just what you share is a prime example. You know, if you, if you transition and pivot and you don't know your value or you don't know what you bring to the table, chances are you're going to be on the menu. That part. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Not knowing that strategy, not knowing what's ahead. You will be the one taking advantage of for another six years, another 20 years. My, uh, my parents, sorry, I'm thinking about it. Um, my parents, they, uh, they made a total of $1,000 combined in the household per month, you know, when I was growing up. And, you know, rent was $36 before I was born. And I think by the time I was born, it was $180. And, you know, which is add 1000 to that or two, you know, today, right? Um, but it bothered me so much because I asked, I was, I was talking to my mother about it and I talked to my dad, you know, before he passed, I said, I would love to do your resume. I'm not looking for a job. I'm retired, but I would love to do your resume. I would love to learn what you did in your history. Like, how did you get here? And learning, just sitting down and interviewing them. It was like, Travis, I, I see why you are an interview coach which definitely made me feel good that my parents can, can understand what I do for a living. <laughs> but it, it touched me for a moment because I realized that they never took a promotion. They never grew. They stayed in this same path. Now, respectfully, the money that they made took care of, you know, three sisters, you know, myself, you know, it, the whole entire household. Like, it's, it, 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 it stretched. It did what it was supposed to do. But why, why not go for the better? If you, if you knew that better was there, and, and I promise you it's, it's there, if you just take a moment to look and see what better looks like, get outside of your bubble, talk to only people that you're used to talking to. Do not only be the smartest person in the room. If, if you are, you know, <laughs> it's counterintuitive. As you just said, you're on the menu. <laughs> and find someone who's, who, who knows something more and see what that next step looks like even if you don't know anyone make an effort to expand your network and find someone that knows a little bit more about what you do or, or what you've done and you may be able to take that next step in your career instead of doing that one thing and complaining about it for 20 years Man, well said. I mean, I, we all know that person, right? They've been doing the same thing for the last 15, 20 years, and they're still complaining about it. And so my question would be, what are you going to do about it, right? What um, do about it? Somewhere in their life, they settled, and they just got comfortable. And now, you know, people I mean, think, you know, yeah, and then people think, you know, I, I just, if I just work hard, then I'll get what, what, I, what I want. Uh, not necessarily. You can work hard all your life and still get paid less than you're worth. Yeah. Yeah, man. And there's nothing worse than somebody who has so much potential in them, but
but yet they can't articulate it. They can't get it out of them. And so instead they express it through their hard work. Like, good, work hard, but you're going to be working hard for somebody else who's making the money because you can't right. put the value on what you can do, your gifts, talents, and abilities. I remember, <laughs> I remember the first time I realized I was going to be a resume writer. I, I didn't know that that's what it was called. I was working at McDonald's. I was, <laughs> I was 15 <laughs> years old. And I just knew that at that moment. Uh, I was I was a cashier taking up the money, and I was like, "Dang, this is a lot of money." And I started thinking about it. In the past minute, I, I took up at least fifty dollars. In the past hour, you know, fifty times sixty. I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." Sixty times five hours. I was like, "Wow, I, I didn't realize I just counted X amount of dollars." Okay. And then I, I remember going out to the grill. I'm I'm making the burgers. You know, the, the double cheeseburger, double cheeseburger. I'm, I'm 14, <laughs> 15 years old making, you know, making this food. And I just remember, well, not at 15, but at 16, they, they, they allowed me to get on the grill. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, $2, you know, this, this quarter pounder, you know, X amount of dollars, this Big Mac, X amount of dollars. In the past hour, I made this for them. I made them, I made McDonald's a few thousand dollars worth of product coming out my window that gave me $7. They gave me $7 in exchange for that thousand. At that moment, I, I, I didn't have the words for it, but I was like, I, something is gonna happen as I'm, as I'm formulating this thought. And that's what happened. I was able to start <laughs> learning the importance of not only communicating what you do, thinking about what you do, strategizing about what you do, but also looking to uh, apply it to the next place that you go to. So yeah, I, I immediately went from, in high school, I went from making $7 to $9 an hour and, and, <laughs> and then started yeah. going up, you know, going up in there before making my exit. Yeah, and I, and I love what you said, like, you know, something as simple as McDonald's, but you looked at it a different way, right? When we change the way we look at things, the things we look at begin to change. And no longer were you just flipping burgers, you were bringing in profit. You were, you, you had product, man, you were a producer. And, you know, a lot of people don't look at their life yeah, like man. that. People don't look at their life. You, and I look at it and when I coach, you know, my clients, I tell them, you're either being a producer or you're being a consumer, but you can't be both, right? And if you don't know what you're producing out in the world, nobody's ever going to pay you what you're worth. And so I love what you said, you know, I was looking at it, you were looking at it from a dollar, you know, if, 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 if you can't figure out the dollars, it's never going to make sense. And <laughs> in, in, in what you do is never going to make sense. Man, that's so it good. Is. Wow. Yeah, you just said it all. You just said it all. You got to know the dollar value. You got to know what you bring to the table or else you're going to be on the menu. If, and if it doesn't make change, it doesn't make sense. Right. If what you're doing is not making, making the difference, if it's not making change, it don't make sense for you to do it. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's not meant to, you know, be in this level of position. Definitely whatever you do, be the best at it. Um, but whatever the, whatever the best at it looks like completely exhaust every moment of promotion that you can ever get by completely taking hundred percent ownership of your point of your process, learning what happens before your process and after your process. And you may be able to not only work that position, work that position, but completely take a, a moment of management of what that process looked like and reevaluate it and 
your next role will say, wow, you did all these things. Well, this is what that promotion looks like. We're going to pay you an additional $15,000 to do just to manage the process. You don't have to do the work. You don't have to do the production anymore. You get to use your brain, but now you're overseeing. You're the supervisor or you're the, you're the person supervising the product, the process, the, the people, or you know, whatever that other you know, part of the puzzle may be. Wow. And there you have it. I mean, that seems like that's the, that's the recipe or the formula for success right there, right? Knowing your gifts, talents, and abilities, and then wow. exhausting all efforts to being the best at whatever it is you are, whether you're, you're, you're taking money at, at McDonald's or you're flipping the burgers. If you know your value, again, I mean, you can, you can demand top dollar. Um, and that's why people like you, I think even yeah. today are so important. I mean, so man, I think that's, I mean, that's a great note to kind of bring this for a landing. Where can people connect with you, Travis? Absolutely. Um, and, and I appreciate you for having me over here, man. I've, I've been listening to some of the episodes and I was like, man, I, I can't believe people who are connected to you, they get to eat like this all the time. I'm like, they're just getting this type of knowledge for free? <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, man, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, uh, Travis C. Patterson. Um, the C stands for career and coach. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought that was like a middle name or something. It is, it is a middle name. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, definitely, it, it definitely means, you know, about the same thing. Uh, I, I can also uh, definitely be found on Facebook, uh, Travis C. Patterson as well. And um, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything I have is on my website, Travis C. Patterson. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'll put the links in the show notes below for those of you who want to connect with Travis. And, and I, I encourage you to... Um, connect with them because you know you you have a course coming up as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was telling you earlier that I was I was working with you know so many clients over a decade, and I didn't realize that one of the consistent pieces of me coaching them, they were all getting raises. So I started compiling that information together. I started doing case studies, and I started interviewing people. Just say, hey, you know, how does this work? And and I started un like truly understanding the art of the raise. So, which probably should be my book. Don't go copyright there. I was going to say, are you writing a book or what? Man, that sounds like a good title right there. <laughs> exactly. As soon as this is over, I'm going to go get it done. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have uh, getaraisebootcamp.com. Uh, we're, we're putting on a, a five-day bootcamp to show you the exact formula to get your next raise. Um, I think this subject has been such a secret for so long. Uh, you know, your friends, you, you see people that you graduated high school with, graduated college with, or they, you know, they left the neighborhood back on the block. And all of a sudden, you know, some people are doing well, some people are not. I'm going to teach you why those people are doing well. This information is a part of wealth. And getting this knowledge is not going to only help you, but it's going to help your children. It's going to help your friends and, and different people that you know. So, yeah, getaraisebootcamp.com. And um, it is definitely going to continue to help people. We, we, we just did a, um, a training, a five-day workshop. And that's kind of where the idea came from. And a lot of people, a lot of people, um, 128 people uh, showed up. I, I decided to do it at in 24 hours, I had no plans to do it. I was like, oh, I'm going to do a boot camp. And, 
And it was just more so just focused on just getting raises, just only getting raises, not necessarily promotions, but focusing on what it looks like to get a raise from the current company that you're with, but also so negotiating that, but also with the next company. So I, I gave them from both perspectives. And so many people, I didn't realize that they were waiting on that type of, that type of knowledge and training. So if you are and you can find yourself thinking, you know, what would it look like for someone to give you $50,000, $30,000, $20,000, or an extra $10,000, what would it look like to receive that? What would it be worth? You're not going to pay $10,000 for this course. It's, it's only 50 bucks. So if I can help you get a raise this year, I'll see you then. Wow. 50 bucks for 50 grand. That sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> Jeez. Well, thank you so much, Travis. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, it's an honor to have you, man. Thank you for sharing your time and uh, your wisdom with the audience. I'm sure this won't be the last time that we connect and that we uh, we we get together. I, I just love hearing everything you're saying. And as somebody who's transitioning in the near future, you know, I look forward to you know utilizing your services and, and getting to know you more and working with you in the future. So thank you so much, man. It's an honor to have you. Um, I appreciate yeah, you. My time. pleasure. Hey guys, thank you for stopping by today. As always, if you found value in the episode, please share it with somebody. And as always, we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast. If you're looking to apply these principles and practices further in your life, then I encourage you to join a group of like-minded individuals in the Lead360 Facebook group. The link is in the show notes below. As always, remember, live, learn, and lead.